0: I hope and pray that all of you are well, staying strong, faithful, and hopeful in these very, very difficult times. So, uh, after receiving few uh, requests from community members to continue with our Sunday morning Quran reflection series, I decided to resume this series and presented to you along with our new series entitled Faith Over Despair. So, Sunday morning insha'Allah you will be receiving recordings of both of these series uh, the Faith Over Despair, the new series as well as our Qur'anic reflections on whatever surah that we're discussing on that Sunday. Stay tuned insha'Allah and uh, we pray to Allah that this will be a source of uh, benefit for you of inspiration for you in these very difficult times that we're all going through. So today's surah, insha'Allah, a really beautiful, powerful, relevant surah that uh, presents itself at a time when we need it. Surah Al-Waqia, uh, right after Surah Al-Rahman, which we covered last week. So this is a surah that many of us grew to you know, love and recite. Uh, we love its rhythmic sounds. It's a heart-pounding surah, a beautiful surah. And indeed Rasulullah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spoke about this surah and its meaning to him. Highlighting for you and me how much we need to pay attention to this surah from Allah Azza wa Jal. Rasulullah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, hud هُودِ وَالْوَاقِعَةِ وَالْمُرْسَلَاتِ wa يَتَسَاءَلُونَ وَإِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ Rasulullah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Five surahs gave me white hairs. Hud, surah Hud, surah Al-Waq'ah, surah Al-Mursalat, Surah Amma Yatasa'alun Wa Ithas Shamsu These are such heart-pounding, powerful surahs in their meanings, in their messages about the truth, about reality, about what we're going that Rasulullah says their impact on him is that they gave him white hairs enough for us to understand the power of the surah through this beautiful hadith and the reflection of Rasulullah himself on what this surah means it is also reported in a hadith that whoever reads Surah al waqiah he, he or she will not be afflicted by any need or be hit by poverty. Imagine, reading the Surah daily will protect you from poverty and will be a means for you, for Allah Azzawajah to fulfill your needs and you will never be afflicted by any need of anyone or anything in life. Enough for us to understand the, the, this beautiful virtue, the blessings that await us just for, from connecting with this surah on a daily basis I pray to Allah that we, we at least after we cover the surah that is a practical step, action in our lives that we commit to reading this surah especially in our times right now when we're in desperate need for relief for, for, for upliftment, for strength, for faith for our needs to be fulfilled across this earth let us please You know, recite Surah al waqiah as much as we can. What is the surah about? What is the theme of it? What messages is it trying to send to you and me? First, uh, this is a Meccan surah. It comes right after Surah Al-Rahman, and it turns out that it's a complement of Surah Al-Rahman. As if the surah is mirroring the themes and the meanings of Surah Al-Rahman. Let's quickly review Surah Al-Rahman. In a nutshell, what were the, the basic or essential sub-themes of Surah al-Rahman? Surah al-Rahman, and keep this in mind, started with a grand description of the beauty of the Qur'an, highlighting how glorious and exalted the Qur'an is. Then it went into a description, a discussion of the marvels of Allah and creation, right? So it started with highlighting how the Qur'an is one of the greatest gifts of Allah to all of us right nothing tops the Quran then a display of the marvels of Allah in creation so that you and I can reflect on it and conclude that we really need to worship and thank Allah that was section three then it moved into a description of the of the reckoning of Allah on the day of judgment and what will happen on the Day of Judgment and the agonies that await those who deny and rebel against Allah Then it went further up. It's taking us you know, one step at a time, gradually taking us up from the marvels of Allah in this creation, as we said last week, to the scene of the Day of Judgment, then higher up now to describing the bliss that awaits the believers. And Allah presented it as a pair of gardens. Then He went further up into another set of gardens that are that are waiting for the highest people the highest ranking people the closest people to allah جل, and a description of the exalted realms that wait for them and ultimately uh the surah concludes with with a reminder that we need to reflect on the glory of allah surah you know surah comes and um, addresses these very themes but in reverse order as if it's mirroring Surah Al Rahman. So, the surah, after a brief introduction about the upheaval that will take place on the Day of Judgment, starts right at the top where Surah Al Rahman ended. Surah Al Rahman ended with a description of the exotic bliss, the realm that awaits the highest ranking believers in Jannah. Surah Al Waqi'ah, right after the introduction, begins with that then it descends down into describing the bliss the the beauty the pleasures of jannah that await the group of believers that are you know a step underneath the highest you know ranking believers and then it goes further down into describing the agonies and the the pain that awaits those who denied Allah has denied the truth denied um, you know and refuse to believe in the in the next world and returning back to Allah Azzawajal, and then concludes by illustrating the nature of the Quran and highlighting its glory and beauty and nobility and exhorting all of us to glorify Allah Azzawajal, which is the theme that Sur- Surah Rahman started with. An exact match, perfectly fitting with Surah Al Rahman, who would have articulated those beautiful, uh, coherent rhetorically You know, uh, uh, stunning words about Allah that it fits together so beautifully and so perfectly. Summary of the surah uh, in a nutshell it's about the inevitability of the reckoning with Allah that that returning back to Allah is a sure thing, it's the ultimate truth, it's the grand truth that we need to understand and, and internalize and it's just discern before it is too late. Then the surah um discusses what happens when that reckoning comes, when the day of judgment comes one of the um the most powerful outcomes of the day of judgment is that it sorts out people so the sort of discusses a classification of people on the day of judgment the groups that they will be broken up into so after this long journey of life you and i and everyone in creation will be will be sorted out into three distinct groups and this surah will talk about these groups and what waits for them and as I said ends with a highlight of the Quran the beauty of the Quran the exaltedness of the Quran the conclusion of it is Turn to Allah and worship him before it is too late. So let's begin the discussion of the surah and uh, reflect on some of its verses so the surah begins by Allah saying, with Allah saying, "بعد بالله من الشيطان الرجيم when the inevitable event comes to pass, referring to the day of judgment. And Allah says, something that something that falls, something that occurs. Allah describes it as an inevitable thing, meaning what? Nobody can avert it. Nobody can prevent it from happening. It is the ultimate reality, and Allah says, affirming that no soul, no creature, not a force in creation can ever prevent this event from happening, can ever stop it, can ever deny it. Then Allah describes one of the features, qualities of that day of judgment, and that should be a source of comfort for all of us. He says, Khafidatun rafia." Khafidatun rafia. Khafid is that which brings low. And the Rafi' is that which brings high, raises something. Now, if you um, you know um, think back to the names of Allah, Azzawajal, you'll see something similar being mentioned about Allah himself. Two names of Allah that resemble these two adjectives. Allah describes himself as al khafidul or right? The one who abases, lowers, the one who exalts. No one can give anyone rank, can raise any status, can bring anything higher or lower or subjugate or humiliate, but Allah He's the source of all of this, he's a source of dignity, nobility, and humiliation and disgrace. As if Allah is saying, seek it from me. But here we find Allah attributing these two qualities to the day of judgment itself. So it's a day in which Allah informs you and me when we'll we'll find the true rank and the true place of everything. And what what we're going to witness is that some things, some creation of Allah will be raised high. And some will, will be lowered and humiliated and disgraced. The fascinating thing is who will end up where. Now in this life, we see this on a daily basis. We experience injustice, inequality. We experience imperfections in the distribution of wealth social rank, political rank. There are those who are mighty and high and who are arrogant and they don't belong to the places that they're in and there are those who are deprived and, and, and uh, at, the, you know, at the receiving end of injustice and persecution. The question is, will the balance be restored? Will those people who were humiliated and disgraced unjustly be raised? And will those who are mighty and high and arrogant be lowered? Allah guarantees that the Day of Judgment will eliminate all the imperfections, all the injustices. It will restore the balance, including placing people where they belong. Indeed, we're going to witness that on the Day of Judgment. Then Allah Jalla says, إِذَا رُجَّتِ الْأَرْضُ رَجَّىٰ وَبُسَّتِ الْجِبَالُ On that inevitable day. One thing that Allah highlights here is that what you and I will witness is that the Earth itself will be shaken to its, to its core. So the Day of Judgment will unveil a new reality. It'll end life as it is. Everything that we know will end. And it will shock everyone. It will numb everyone. It reminds me of what's happening to us right now. When um, a disease, a pandemic spread across this Earth, disrupting our lives, taking many lives away, it took, a, it took a heavy toll on us. It shook us to our core. We're all locked up in our homes. And the question that is on, on the minds of people is what's gonna happen? We're shaken completely because our lifestyles, our flow of life has been interrupted suddenly. Imagine now the suddenness, the overwhelming impact of not a coronavirus, but the day of judgment. When it disrupts not only disrupts all of life but it ends it completely so Allah says on that day one of the things that will happen is that earth itself will be shaken to its core and the mountains will be crumbled to dust and then scattered like powder now why is that significant well mountains and earth are steady and they give us the impression that they're permanent, they're strong, they're not going anywhere. So imagine a time when we'll see earth itself cracking, shaking, and we'll see the mountains before our eyes moving like clouds scattered into dust. So these become reminders that even the steadfast things, the pegs of this earth, the anchors of this earth that you think are powerful disappear. It's an illusion actually. We're living right now in an illusion that life is, is permanent, that it's not going anywhere, that we have this uh, life that will not be interrupted, that there is no such a thing as a, as an ending of life. Allah says it's an illusion. Life is not as vast as you think, it's not permanent, it has an appointed time when it will end. Now the ending of it will be very thorough, very overwhelming, it will be an upheaval. Why an upheaval? So that Allah can start and an, an unleash a new life. And that new life, by definition, has to overwhelm the previous life and end it completely and subtly and thoroughly. That's why Allah says, pay attention. What you see is not real. It's an illusion. One day we're going to witness this. And again, connecting it back to our experience right now, how many illusions have been shattered by this pandemic? Illusions about life itself. We are discovering and seeing the frailty of life, the fragility of life, our even own weakness and incapacity to deal with a tiny virus. And it's already taken a toll on all of us. Imagine now something as grand as the day of judgment. We're going to witness that. And we're witnessing now a mini experience of it. Then the surah, after this grand opening, uh, as I referenced before, it describes... The sorting out on the day of judgment, how people will be now placed in their proper uh, rank. Allah Azzawajal says, We're going to be split, divided into three groups, not four, but three groups, as this surah tells us. Allah says, You'll be split into three groups, the people of the right the people of the left and the highest ranking As-Sabiqoon, As-Sabiqoon those who are nearest to Allah the foremost the question is that this surah poses to you and me is which group do you belong to? now Allah begins the description He gives us a view into a glimpse into what's waiting for these three categories of people and He begins from the very top the highest of the high those who are nearest to Allah. Now if you recall in Surah Al-Qamar, Allah concluded the Surah beautifully by painting this scene that is waiting for everyone. In muttaqina fi wa This scene is waiting for all of us. But it's not for everyone. Allah says indeed the pious, the God-conscious are going to be dwelling in... Uh, you know in rivers and 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 in springs in the seed of truth by Allah that's what Allah wants Allah wants to take you and me to not just ordinary levels of pleasure but he says you and me belong in his own presence that's the only place that soothes the heart completely that satisfies the soul and there is no place like being with Allah and it's and Allah is waiting so Allah Azzawajal delivers this promise and He's asking you and me to yearn for this And now now in this surah He gives us a glimpse of what's waiting for those nearest to Allah He calls them as as-sabiqun. Sabaqa in Arabic is to be ahead of someone To race ahead of someone, someone who is fast and quick Right? So Allah calls this category of people, they are the foremost They are the ones who are ahead of everyone But it's not just in terms of rank Sabaqahir here is a reference to how they behaved on earth These people, how did they earn such a high status? How is it that now they are placed in the presence of Allah Jal ahead of everyone? It's because they were quick on this earth Quick with what? Quick quick with racing to Allah Quick with their righteous actions Quick with their faith They never hesitated, they didn't think twice They understood their mission on this earth And they didn't hesitate and Allah says, because of this, they're now going to be placed ahead of everyone in an exalted place الصدق, in a seed of truth Allah He says, those are the ones who are near meaning near Allah That's what's waiting for them. And as I said, Allah describes يوم Qiyamah as a day that رافع, It raises people and there is no place higher than what these ple- people you know, the place that these people will end up in. Now, Allah further says, How many people will be in that rank? Allah says, Many from the first generation of people will be amongst those highest ranking people who are near, to, who are near Allah Azza wa Jal, and few from the later generations. In terms of quantities and numbers, we ask Allah that He makes us from amongst them. Then Allah further describes the bliss that waits for all of them. The pleasures, the exotic pleasures. He says that they will be reclining on beautiful thrones that are cushioned. But then further says, they will be in social bliss. They'll be amongst each other, dwelling with each other. Right now, imagine the impact. Think of the impact, the toll that this physical isolation has taken on all of us. Even though we're in our homes we might be drinking and eating right we're with our families but just because we're disconnected from our friends physically even though we can talk to them on the phone and because we cannot be in a community gathering and worshiping together we feel the pain of it we feel the stress of it we feel the grief of it Allah says for those people in Jannah there is no such a thing as being disconnected with each other because it is a core need of the human being to be socially connected so Allah says they will be reclining on thrones in the company of each other there is no such thing as loneliness as we're experiencing right now and this state of social bliss and social uh, uh, social gathering will never be interrupted as Allah says unlike now we might be experiencing a form of joy but it can be taken away in Jannah there is no such a thing. Then Allah says, not only them, as they're sitting in, in, their, in, their co- in the company of their friends and family, there will be creation of Allah, wait, beautiful creation of Allah waiting on them. There will be servers bringing you the food, bringing you the, 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 the drinks and everything that you need, that you don't even have to get out of your seat. Then Allah Azza wa says, and this is a very important thing in verse 19, The drinks... The wine that is given to them does not cause them any headaches, any intoxication. Now why is that important? Again, the theme is that nothing can spoil your mood in Jannah. Nothing can interrupt your pleasure in Jannah. Everything is so permanent and that's a beautiful promise of Allah. You know, you can have everything in life. But imagine if someone tells you 10 years from now, it will be taken away. That renders every experience of joy miserable because... You're going to be constantly thinking of that being taken away from you How often do we sit in conversations and someone comes and spoils our moods, right? It disrupts completely the experience So Allah says don't worry, no drink shall ever spoil your mood You're not going to have headaches, you're not going to have pain in your belly You know, no suffering, no, no problem whatsoever, enjoy permanently Then Allah says further on the same note not only will the drink not cause you any headache or intoxication, but uh, whatever you hear from the company that you're dwelling with, your family, your children, your friends, it'll not cause you any headache. You will not hear any foolish talk, any vain talk. Nobody's talking nonsense in your presence. Nobody will spoil your mood. Nobody will disturb you. Not a word. Not a thought, imagine a conversation so perfect and it lasts forever Every word that you're going to hear from the company that you're dwelling with gives you peace Gives you comfort, gives you joy, gives you satisfaction So that was a description of the highest people, those nearest to Allah Again we ask Allah to make us among them Then Allah descends down and begins a description, a brief description of the joy that awaits the people of the right, Ashabu yameen Allah says, the people of the right. What will happen with the people of the right? Allah is asking as if to say you have no idea what bliss awaits them, what joys await them. And Allah says that they will be منضوض وضل منضوض وضل منضوض they will be dwelling in luscious gardens. And you know, Surrounded by trees with piled up fruits and, and running springs and fruit in abundance Perpetual supply Every single thing that they shall experience and consume in Jannah Is coming in abundance and will never ever be cut off Continual supply from Allah who supplies everything permanently It's an unimaginable thought of bliss Compare again to our experience on this earth. Then Allah says, in terms of numbers, wa in terms of how many people will be amongst the people of the right, He says, many from the first generation and many from the latter generation. Right? And then Allah describes, descends lower, and describes the fate and the agony and the wretched state. That awaits those who deny the Quran, deny, this, deny the message of Allah Azza wa Jalla and rebel further. They don't, not only do this but rebel against Allah Azza wa Jalla and against the truth. He paints a graphic miserable picture of it by saying And the people of the left and what is of the people of the left and what will happen of them, Allah says they will be in boiling water. Scorching wind, and he further says the reason. He says they will be in such torment and agony. They used to indulge in luxury, so they used to be very indifferent people, but worse, they decided to consume themselves completely in this life in luxury. And enjoying and pleasures and indulge your desires and their appetites completely at the expense of doing good, at the expense of justice, at the expense of truth and further they did something else they used to rebel in their wickedness rebel, they were corrupt people, they were wicked people they were obstructing justice, they were obstructing the truth so, so you see an effort Continual stubborn effort on the behalf of these on behalf of the, you know on the part of these people to to uh, Block the truth to 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 you know uh, uh, Corrupt in the land. So what they've done is not trivial. That's why they deserve The fate that Allah Azza wa describes right here in this section They further used to deny the ultimate truth that they're returning back to Allah and that after their death they will be resurrected. Then Allah says, لمجموعون, uh, Guaranteed, Allah says, I deliver to you a promise that those who came before and those who came in later times shall be gathered on that day of judgment. No question about it. It's inevitable no matter how much people try to deny it. Then towards the end of the surah now, in the next section, Allah Azzawajal takes us through a mini journey uh, of uh, you know um, displaying his marvels in creation and it will be posed in the form of questions. And the purpose of this section is to ask you and me to ponder and reflect on the power of Allah Azzawajal, on his mercy that is in, on displaying everything that we experience and the conclusion of it should be we're helpless, we're powerless, we're in utter need and we need Allah who is the source of all power. So Allah says in this section Allah asks this in the form of a question. Have you seen, have you seen um, what the seed that gave rise to you, the semen, the sperm, and the egg, and Allah says, Did you create it or did we create it? So, Allah's inviting us to think of our own genesis. We tend to forget this. Where did we come from? The very fundamental question for those who deny the existence of God where did we come up from? You know, from where what originated us? What created the first cell? What created the sperm? What created the egg? Did it come out of nothing? Allah says, think of the creative power that initiated you. And we came from nothing but a seed. Well, if we couldn't create ourselves, if we couldn't come from nothing, then who made us? And Allah says, it's clear. Allah Azza wa Jal, the most powerful, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Then he further asks us, you know, Saying, or, or actually he further elaborates by, by saying He says, well, it is us who gave you life. We initiated you and we give you death Now if Allah gave us life and he gave us death Then why can't he if he has this infinite power? Why can't he resurrect us again and give us a new life? It's a very simple logical conclusion for anyone who discerns and sees the power of Allah and the evidence is within us so the proof as Allah says is already witnessed we've seen that we're here we can see the cell we understood where we came from and logically we should conclude that there is a hand behind it and that hand is capable of putting us to death which we cannot prevent and giving us another life very simple question then he asks another question he says, So he first invited us to think of our own seed, the biological seed. Then he takes us outside of our bodies and invites us to think of the seeds we plant in the soil. And what we harvest out of it, the plants. Allah says, have you seen what you harvest? Are you the ones who planted that seed and made it grow? It is clearly not the case, it is Allah who made that seed split Just as He made the seed and the belly of a mother split in her womb And open up, nobody can do this Nobody can do this Power of Allah Similarly, Allah is the one who splits the seed of a fruit in the belly of earth And imagine if that seed of that apple or orange did not open, we'll never have these trees We'll never have any of the foods that we enjoy on a daily basis that make us live and make us survive. Then Allah Azza says, I'm going to ask you another question. Again, demonstrating His power. So who created the seed that made us? Who initiated the seed that gave us the tree? And now He says, Who is it that um, gave us this drink that we're drinking, the water that we're drinking? Are you the one? caused this water this rain to come from the clouds imagine the power that allows that cloud to float with all that water billions of tons of water floating around this earth who is it that, the who is the one who made this water palatable Allah's asking imagine if this water was salty Allah could have easily made it salty would all be dead who made it evaporate condense, Form the clouds and then descend back on earth. Clearly it's Allah Azza wa Jal. We're so incapable. We cannot do it. Then he asks another question. Have you seen the fire that you're kindling? We take it for granted again. Who initiated that fire? And Allah says, Who is it that created the tree that feeds this fire? That's how we feed the fire and make it grow. Imagine if that would... Was not capable of kindling that fire and making it uh, uh, fire up more. Who initiated that? It's Allah. Then He says, Allah says, All of this, this section in which Allah highlights these beautiful marvels your seed and my seed, the seed of the tree, the water and the fire. Allah says, Who initiated all of this? What's the creative, powerful hand behind it? You and I should conclude, La ilaha illallah, No God but God No powerful one that can do this But Allah So what should be the attitude, the reaction That all of us should have If we really witness this From the depth of our hearts Then Allah says, you and I should do this In verse 74 He says Concluding that section فَسَبِّح رَبِّكَ You and I should be in awe of Allah So much that we should say subhana rabbiyal azim he's exhorting us to declare to declare and affirm that subhana rabbiyal azim how perfect is Allah to glorify him his name and his exaltedness by saying subhana rabbiyal azeem subhana rabbiyal azeem subhana rabbiyal azim how glor- how glorified how perfect is Allah Azza wa the, mo- the most exalted so it's a turning to Allah Azza wa and that's something We're exhorted to say every day, morning and night as believers, declaring subhana al-azim, subhana Rabbi al-azim, glorifying Allah with our hearts, with our tongues, but out of a sense of awe, out of a sense of humility, out of a sense of appreciation of the power of Allah, being in awe of Him. Allah is not looking for just words, but He's looking for emotion, for spirit in the heart that respects Allah and His power. When Allah sees that in the heart, Allah says that tasbih, That glorification will place you among the Highest of the High, those who are nearest Allah. Don't ever belittle that word, that expression of SubhanAllah coming out of your mouth. Sit and close your eyes and reflect on it. Thank Allah for being able to say that expression. It's the greatest thing we can say in our existence, to declare the oneness of Allah and His power, and to humbly place ourselves before His hand. That expression again comes to conclude that section of the surah, the highlight of it, the ultimate uh, thing we can do. Then Allah concludes this surah, as we said at the beginning, by highlighting the glory and the exaltedness of the Quran. This is the theme that Surah ar Rahman started with, and this surah ends with it. Allah says, and I uh, swear by I swear by the location. the stars and it is indeed an oath that is very powerful and very great so Allah is taking an oath by the stars now why the stars but let's first um, you know let's share the next verse and then go back to this oath so Allah makes the oath by the stars and then he says in so the answer to the oath is that this Quran is noble it's noble it's glorious so Allah says I swear by the stars excuse me location of the stars that this Qur'an is glorious now why is he swearing by the stars well the stars are luminous and people back then in the midst of a desert they turn to the stars to see there's nothing else that can light provide life for them other than the moon and the stars at night so it's a source of navigation it's luminous but there's something Amazing about the stars because Allah is talking here about the setting of the stars or the location of the stars now Location of the stars is not fixed Right and we're actually discovering right now something amazing. Well, not right now in the past century Uh, we've discovered that The stars are so distant They're so distant from us that by the time the light emanating from the star reaches your eye and my eye For us to see because we see the reflection of the light on objects so by the time the light of the star reaches our eyes that star is so distant it might have actually perished might not even be there indeed it's a powerful oath of Allah reminding us again of the concept of illusion what you see might not be real so even that star that you're looking at the luminous star is not permanent might have actually been, it might have actually died and we don't even know it. We're actually seeing a a reflection of it, you know, millions of light years later. And it points us to what? It reminds us that everything is not fixed as we spoke about at the beginning of the surah. Allah telling us the, you know, the mountains and the earth will crumble to dust. They'll be gone. Similarly, the stars that you see that appear luminous and powerful know they might not even be there so even their luminosity is temporary reminding us that the only thing that is steady the only source of power the only thing that is real is Allah himself and the light that comes from Allah everything else is a shadow including the stars indeed the Quran is the word of Allah that is truthful and Allah says it's Kareem he reminds us this Quran is Kareem this Quran is honorable it is noble and that also means that the Quran gives nobility and honor to everyone that holds it everyone that respects it, everyone that reflects on it. And it's protected. The only protector is Allah. And He guaranteed that He will protect the Quran. This Quran cannot be touched by the impure, reminding us that the Quran is pure and it demands those, it demands that those who touch it, who engage with it, also be pure. In their bodies, in their thought, in their intention, for them to be touched by the power of the Quran, because many will not be touched by the Quran. Then Allah Azzawajal says, Rabbil Alamin," it is indeed a revelation from Allah. Then Allah says, hadha antum are you in denial? Are you scorning this speech, this discourse of Allah? For those who still mock this, who ridicule it, he's asking, Are you really doing this? Because one day, we're going to see the consequences of these denials. Then Allah gives this beautiful, vivid description of something that we're so helpless against. In a heart-wrenching verse, verse 83, where he says, He says, then when that moment comes, when your soul reaches your throat, the moment of death. Imagine that moment. We've seen people before our eyes experiencing this. We haven't experienced it ourselves yet. One day in our lives, we'll experience it. Where the soul has to be summoned out of our bodies. And it will reach the throat on its way out. إِذَا تَنْظُرُونَ And you're looking on. We're looking at ourselves in that moment. We're experiencing those Final moments, final breaths, and we realize life is over. And those around us are looking. So Allah says, And we're nearer, nearer to him or her, the person dying. Allah's nearer to him or her, but we don't see. Those of us outside, those of us witnessing the death of someone, cannot see this. That Allah is nearer to that soul than all of us right? We cannot see that presence of Allah and Allah' is posing the question here. Are we if we claim to be so powerful, if we claim to have such incredible you know, uh, uh, um, you know, the resources and the capacities to make things happen, then why can't we stop that soul from dying, why can't we bring it back? Allah is asking a question here that reminds us, of our impotence for those who are denying the power of Allah for those who are claiming to have all power and all authority that they are capable of making anything happen Allah says well if you're so capable and if you're so powerful why don't you just stop that death from happening why don't you bring that soul back and we've seen it over and over when that soul comes and experiences death no one can bring it back what a powerful uh, reminder from Allah and a proof again of his infinite power and a proof of our infinite impotence. Then Allah wraps up this surah in a very beautiful way by saying Ask for that soul that departs What's waiting for that soul? Allah now summarizes everything he said in the surah. What's waiting for that soul? And it's uh, an invitation to yearn for the highest of the high on the day of judgment and in the hereafter he says ask for those who are nearest to allah those souls that are taken that are nearest to allah then allah in verse 89 gives three words to describe what is waiting for them is that which soothes we use that word in arab arabic that which brings uh, ease and, 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 and gentleness to you and soothes you and comforts you is described as rawah. Every one of us wants rawah in our lives. We want rawah right now. That which soothes us, comforts us completely. Then he says, Raihan. raihan is a sweet-smelling uh, uh, flower. Sweet-smelling uh, uh, plant or flower. So Allah says, those people nearest to Allah will be dwelling in places that deliver complete comfort to them. Experiences that, do, that deliver complete satisfaction, and even the smell that they'll be smelling, as a metaphor for all their pleasures, will be so sweet as ra'han, as that plant on earth uh, that is so beautiful and so fragrant, and naim and a blissful, beautiful garden. Three words that sum up the bliss that awaits those nearest to Allah then I step down if that soul was amongst those belonging to the people of the right or the companions of the right these people shall be receiving a salutation of peace and imagine a salutation of peace in the next world now here we say سَلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ to each other but we might not be having good intentions I might say سَلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ then give you a hard time Right? What kind of an experience of peace is that? Allah says, The people of the right shall be receiving a salutation of peace from Allah and His angels. They will be immersed completely in peace. Nothing shall spoil that peace forever. What a beautiful guarantee from Allah summed up in one word, Salam. That's what we want. Don't we want Salam right now? We cannot attain it on earth permanently. Allah guarantees that The people of the right will be immersed in full satisfaction and peace in the next world. Nothing can take that peace, comfort, and satisfaction away. Then Allah takes us a step down into those who are in denial, describing their agony. As for those who are astray, who deny, they will be welcomed by boiling liquid. And the hellfire, the burning hellfire. What an awful ending befitting uh, of their lives, of the lives that they have led on this earth. May Allah protect us from this. And then Allah concludes this surah beautifully by saying in two verses, He says, This is the truth of certainty. The truth of certainty, there is no denial about it. Allah describes of multiple aspects of truth He describes in the Quran what is called uh, عَيْنُ الْيَقِينَ عَلْمُ الْيَقِينَ عَلْمُ الْيَقِينَ عَلْمُ الْيَقِينَ is knowledge of truth when we hear of something that is certain but you haven't seen it you haven't experienced it that's called knowledge of certainty when you see something you see someone they're right there in front of you that's called uh, uh, um, the, the, the witness certainty the witness certainty The certainty that you can visualize and ascertain with your own eyes It's even higher than just knowing about it And the ultimate is The truth of certainty So what Allah is saying here is that Everything He brought up in this Surah The return to Allah The day of judgment Us being sorted into three groups Being with Allah The people of the right The people nearest to Allah The people who will be in agony All that is the truth of certainty. It's the ultimate truth of Allah Azza wa And no one can avert it. No one can stop it. So what should we do? Allah sums up the action at the very end of the surah. If we have discerned this message of Allah. If we really understood it. If we've been touched by it. If we've really witnessed the marvels of Allah and His power in our lives. And if we've listened to His words in the surah. Subh Bismi Allah exhorts us by saying, "Then praise Allah, جل, declare His perfection and His glory." Subhan Rabbi Al Aalim. Subhan Rabbi Al Aalim. Subhan Rabbi Al Aalim. How perfect is Allah, the Exalted? So that is the action. If we've been touched by the surah, we will be saying, "Subhan Rabbi Al Aalim." Subhan Rabbi Al Aalim. Repeating it over and over and over. And Allah promises, "Whoever remembers Him." Allah Himself remembers him Whoever mentions Allah on this earth and occupies themselves with Allah and the actions that please Allah Allah will exalt them will raise them to the highest of the high guaranteed Allah will not waste a thing we do on this earth that is good Not a thing Don't sweat it Don't grieve brothers and sisters Fill your heart with, heart with hope This is a sort of hope of the mercy of Allah of something so beautiful that is waiting for all of us And after this experience of this agony, and this pain, and this pandemic what could be a better dream to dream of? You know, in return for our patience and our efforts Let us be patient, let us endure Patience is painful, but it's worth it because it's pleasing to Allah and there is nothing to hang on to more than the word of Allah Let us read this surah also and maybe try to read it daily because Rasulullah again said whoever reads this surah daily they will not be afflicted by any need allah will fulfill our needs may allah make us among the people of surah al-waqiah who love surah al-waqiah who live the meanings of surah al-waqiah who glorify allah Azza wa Jalla and may allah protect us and our families and our communities and everyone who is suffering on this earth and this pandemic may allah protect those on the front lines who are putting their lives at risk to protect all of us and and to help the sick may allah alleviate the sick you know the illnesses of people and cure it May Allah lift this affliction off of this earth as soon as possible. May Allah make us among those who receive his mercy in this world. And in the hereafter, Barakallah fikum. May ask Allah Azza wa Jal to bless you and protect you and your families. Wa salihullahum ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.